0: Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's been floating in space since last week. Yep, we're just kind of hanging out, you know? It looks mysteriously like we're floating in water yeah (laughs) given our hair and such hey it's the noobs and the hoobian my name is austin i'm the hoobian these are my sons corbin and trip and we're we're the noobs and this is that podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to doctor who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and And two two sons sons who haven't so welcome to episode number 160 covering season 11 episode 2 the ghost monument this is the one where the doctor and his companions get whoa whoa what whoa what the doctor and what? Her companions. Holy crap! Trip, how oh. could you? This is the one where the doctor and her companions get picked up by two random pilots that are competing in a seven galaxy race that ends on a planet that's made to kill you, and they both win,
1: and we all win. Well, yeah, technically uh, they all win, and even our hearts no, win.
2: They don't all win. Only those two win. The
0: doctor gets left on the planet. Yeah, but she finds. Yeah, but she finds ornament. her. Yeah. Because her thing we're all about happy endings. And of this course. is uh, story number two seventy eight, originally airing October eighteenth. Um, excuse me, October fourteenth, twenty eighteen. You can see where I get confused. <laughs> to nine million UK viewers, that, that's it. Wow. Literally that's said all? nine, cool. and it didn't give us the American numbers. I was wondering how long that was going to last. Apparently, it's over. <laughs> Not really <very> long. <laughs> One episode. We'll see. We'll see next week. Yeah, it was like two. I think they gave us like yeah. two episodes. Uh, this was written, of course, by Chris Chibnall. And directed by Mark Tondarice Tondaris t- t- Tondarice He
2: sounds like an
0: alien species. Tondarius. Um, sounds like an alien. Now, this is the, this was an interesting, um, sometimes the Wikia like, ties itself in knots, trying to, we've talked about this before. This is the first instance of the blue, uh, suit oh, being yeah. worn, uh, while the TARDIS has a white sign, and, you know, like all those kinds of things, um. But Mark is the first black director in Doctor Who. Now, the reason I say they twisted themselves in knots a little bit is because they then went on to explain he is not the first person of color. So, first black director, which kind of blew my mind that it was yeah.
3: 2018
0: yeah. before we got there. Um, but not the first person of color because, uh, I think I'm saying this right, I think it's Waris Hussein uh, directed, if you'll recall... The first episode. Oh. Wow. If you guys remember when we covered uh, an adventure, I, I don't know if we covered it in An Adventure in Space and Time or if we talked about it when we covered An Unearthly Child. Mm-hmm. But Doctor Who was kind of crazy because it had a, uh, a woman pro- producer. She was either the producer or the mm. showrunner. I don't know what the title would have been. Remember Verity Lambert? Yeah, no. yeah. She was like the, again, showrunner, executive producer. I don't know. I can't recall what the title was. She was running the show. And um, the director was Waris Hussein, who his nationality is is escaping me right now. Um, So you had a person of color and a woman running this show. And so like right out the gate. Yeah, in 1963, by the way. So kind of right out of the gate. So to then get... From 1963, that's how you start. To it takes till 2018 to get your first black director, but it is what it is. Um, he also, just side note, directed some episodes of Gotham. So I've never actually seen that show, but it is a it is a Batman show or a pre pre Batman. It's like Batman prequel TV show, kind of sort of. All the all the uh, stuff that I've ever read about <laughs> it is like oh, we're about to meet the Joker for the first time. What's not the Joker? But not the Joker. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's not the Joker yet. Um, that's that's how much I know about that show. Miscellaneous trivia. Uh, we got a new uh, logo. Trip pointed that out. We talked um, uh, in the last episode about the new, you know, the new um, look to the opening and the new music and all of the new, 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 new. There was also a new logo because yeah. we had um, we had the D W that looked like you were looking at the Tardis. Yeah. That was the logo for that 11's one was time weird. oh I loved that one then you had just kind of like Doctor Who with a a, a you know a font uh, for um, 12s time now you have dr Who with a new font um, and it's a little more stylized yeah. and stuff like that and th- that was all um, released I don't remember if we specifically talked I mentioned it sort of that there was a lot of hype yeah. coming into season 11. And one of the things was that I, that I remember very distinctly about it was very colorful and very yellow. I think I'm, did I, did I mention (laughs) before or, or is it in the notes for this episode? If, if 11's color was green and 12's color was blue, 13's color is yellow, like Mm. for sure. And, um, we're going to see, um, we're going to see. Some more details about that in a bit, but the logo is not only new font, but it is also eh, yellow, kind of gold, more gold um, type of thing. And holy cow, did they put that on everything. And rightly so. It's the name of the show. But um, everything that referenced it, all the posters and everything had this. and, And some of the posters were just that. It was just Doctor Who in the new font. And like, it was in space, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes that was the whole poster. So, um, we also had, uh, no more cold opens. We talked about last week. We, I, I don't know, last week we kind of had a cold, a, a cold open that was an hour long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was an entire episode with no theme until mm-hmm. the very end The you got the theme at the closing credits. So Apparently, moving forward, we're done with cold opens, at least uh, season 11 and 12. I, you know, obviously, we don't know with 13. Um, but Corbin found out some interesting stuff about cold opens.
2: Uh, yeah. I've always been wondering who made them. So I looked it up.
0: Who made them? Like yeah. who came up with that idea?
2: Yeah. Okay. And uh, quite to my convenience, there was a Wikipedia page about it. Because of course there is. Thank you. Internet. Of course yeah. it was. And it turns out that the term cold open was coined by Gene Roddenberry.
0: Star Trek connection.
2: Yeah. So he's not actually the first one that used it, it seems. But he was, it said in the early 1960s, and then he coined the term in like 66. So Hmm. he was one of the first people to use it. And his definition was a teaser, preferably three pages or less. Captain Kirk's voiceover opens the show briefly setting where we are and what's going on is usually followed by a short playing scene which ends with the teaser hook,
0: which is like Sounds about right, how yeah. every single one of those episodes yeah. starts. Yep. And uh, for for reference, a page of script is usually roughly equivalent to a minute yeah. of screen time. Yeah. So if you're talking about a three-pager, then then we're talking about a three-minute opening scene to just sort of grab your attention and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, we were talking before we hit record about... like. Yeah, you know what? What is the cold open, and what does it mean? Trip was talking about how the cold. He thought cold opens. Didn't have anything to do with the main plot of the episode because of that's the
3: office. Obviously. That's because yeah.
0: he listens to the Office Ladies, which, by the way, uh, big shout out and and recommendation to uh, the Office Ladies. By the way, I'm sure that Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey really appreciate well, our they'll, shout they'll out. Notice the Obvious. two extra listeners. Yeah. Their little upstart new podcast uh, can really use the <laughs> boost I from I don't know if from part years. of them. noobs in the Whovian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just two of the actors from one of the most famous shows. Uh, yeah, 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 it's a little. We little should email
0: in. If, if, but if you're something. a fan of The Office and you are not listening to the The Office, ladies, you you owe it to yourself to jump on that train and ride it as long. I hope I hope they make it all the way through all the seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're chugging right along. Um, but they talked about how the cold opens in the office usually didn't have anything to do with the plot of the episode, but actually, for most shows, it, it was the other way around. Quotes, yeah, like you said, it
1: was the setup point,
0: right? Yeah. You get, you get like the, uh, what I call sometimes the, uh, the instigating action or, or whatever, you know, the thing that sort of kicks everything off and you get the, I like the way you said the hook. Yeah. It's the, uh, Hey, uh, here's the, here's the hook, which in Star Trek meant dramatic zoom in while no <laughs> one says anything and no one <laughs> blinks, uh, dramatic zoom in or not even a zoom in. That was the thing that drove me crazy is that sometimes it was just a lingering pause on someone's face with not a zoom, just like swelling music. Yeah. Wide eyes (laughs) trip. And then it's like, okay, quick, you have 90 seconds for the opening theme song to go get your popcorn and come sit down and find out why they're staring unblinkingly into the view screen or whatever it is. So, Uh, but those are gone. Uh, We're we're not going to be getting the, you know, Hey, we're we've landed on this planet, and it must be this time frame. And oh no, there's maybe a monster. That's gone. That's over with. And now you're gonna get the BBC. You're gonna get that, and then it's right into. I love that you're making all of the sound effects. Yep. I'm having fun. Would you like me to continue? No. No, no, Austin. No one would like that. <laughs> <No one. laughs> yeah, I did realize I was like, how many of these am I going to do? I don't know. Well, let's see how long it takes for them to say something. Uh, under the cast this week, wanted to talk about two. Um, we we kind of said we were going to spread out the main cast a little bit. So this week we want to talk about Graham O'Brien, uh, played by Bradley Walsh. Now he played the Pied Piper in the Sarah Jane Adventures. So he's not a stranger to the universe. But uh, this is his debut on Doctor Who. Mm. He is perhaps most well-known as the presenter on a game show called The Chase, which interestingly enough, after reading this and doing a little bit of looking at what is The Chase, I am now getting barraged by (laughs) uh, trailers for the upcoming season of The Chase. And uh, holy, uh, holy game show, Batman, it is... All of the lights and spectacle <laughs> and dramatic music. And I still, I've seen three trailers for this show. I still have, I have
1: no, idea no idea
0: what the show was about. But I know that they do like some lights. It reminds me of um, Deal or No Deal. Like that, that level of like gold lights everywhere. Um, at 58, he is the oldest actor to play an ongoing companion. Now, we can't count Wilf because Bernard Cribbins was older but he was more of a one-off companion or a two-off or three-off or whatever. Yeah. But he wasn't like a series regular on the TARDIS companion. Um, so that's uh, Bradley Walsh is currently holding the title. Uh, Epso, the, uh, the, uh, the guy with the cigar, one of the, uh, one of the pilots, is played by Sean Dooley. And uh, he, because he is an actor in the UK, appeared on Coronation Street and EastEnders. Yeah. He also played in Broadchurch. So maybe why he ended up on this episode, because he knew uh, Jody and Chibs. Um, he also, interestingly enough, um, the these first two episodes, the, the – wait, no. Is it the first two episodes? Uh, or is it this one and the next one? It might be this one and the next one. Uh, all of a sudden, I can't remember. No when. one knows what
2: you're talking about.
0: They were both filmed in South Africa. It was either mm. the first and second episode or the second and third episode. I can't remember – were both um, filmed by uh, in South Africa. And uh, yes, it's this one and the next one because they were both directed by the same guy. They did all of it while they were down in South Africa. And during that filming, uh, Sean Dooley, at some point, pulled out his cell phone and snapped a picture of Jodie Whittaker walking along a dune with the TARDIS in the background on another dune. And that on his like iPhone or something, and Corbin, do you, do you have it pulled up there? Mm-hmm. Did I link to it? Yeah. Uh, trip, click on the link. If you haven't seen it yet, and we'll we'll uh, we'll link to the uh, to the image we're talking about. This image was one of the main posters for season eleven. Remember, I was talking about all the posters and all the hype. This was one of the images. This image slash poster appeared all over social media. And it was taken by Sean Dooley oh, wow. on a whim. Pulled out his iPhone and went click, or Surprise. maybe it was an Android, I don't know. He pulled out a smartphone and went click, and that's the image. And I, you know, maybe there's some touch-ups and, and stuff like that, but overall, yeah. that's a well-composited picture. This is very good. Yeah, especially for a phone. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So, and and for those of you um, you know that are familiar with all the the artwork, again, this was her walking along. You could see the 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 long swishy coat. And the boots, you know, in in silhouette, and then the TARDIS off in the background. And it just, it tells you, by the way, nothing about the episode that we just watched. So I would never have get. I remember seeing that episode, or excuse me, that image and going, what is happening in that episode? And never connecting it to this episode. But then when I found out that it was shot on location while they were filming, probably coming up on that scene, I went, oh yes, of course. It's her out in the desert, the TARDIS on another dune. So anyways. I um, also wanted to give a um, quick shout out to Angstrom, played by Susan Lynch, and she has appeared in both Downton Abbey and Ready Player One. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to her. That's a again interesting I, combo. I'm sure that yeah. Susan Lynch appreciates our shouting. Our out. shout outs. The yeah. exposure. It's it's the exposure, really, yeah, yeah. that that the actors really crave. Yeah. It's It's uh, not
2: the nine million views from Doctor Who, though that's the exposure.
0: No. And no, no, they they're, they're, they're no, still they're still new, you know. It's the shout-outs from the Yes, I mean, what has she done other than Doctor Who, Downton Abbey and, and Ready, Ready Player 1? <laughs> I know. She's she's still making her way. She's, you know, yeah. one of these days she's going to get a gig. It's going to really it's going to come <laughs> together and I believe it's, it's that it's all going
1: to be because of us. Yeah,
0: our audience <laughs> and their extensive reach uh, is going to make this happen for for this young woman, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Guys, Noobs and the Hoovian, as ridiculous as it is, is brought to you by Google Fi. Or, as I've said before, it wants to be, but it's currently not. It's currently shilling for them and getting nothing in return. So, head on over to slash <laughs> fi. You get $20 off of your first month. You can get unlimited talk and text for uh, $20 a month plus $10 a month. I'm sorry, $10 per gig of data. After that, and you guys know how it goes, you can add on extra lines, you can get the unlimited plans, there's all kinds of ways you can save money and still have an awesome cell phone plan. So go check it out, check the coverage area map for your area and see if it's going to work for you, and then get signed up. in slash fi. So the checklist, um, name of the episode, spoken in dialogue? Uh, yeah. Um, this so is one of those times. ones where I realized way too late in the episode I should have been doing a tally.
2: Yeah. Uh, but forgot you would have lost count
0: there. i probably would have the creature of the week were both the uh sniper bots um oh i didn't put the other thing what was it even called um it's i think it was called the remnant the, the little remnant. shreds of cloth i think it's called the remnant mm. um but at any rate Corbin, um did you have some feelings about the ethical implications of shooting a robot <laughs> uh yeah uh this week's segment of corbin has feelings is brought to you by sniper bots and call of duty <laughs> oh wait uh, Rep- <laughs> call of duty references that was but, so dumb uh i hate well, not dumb but okay. i hate the
2: doctor being like you hate the doctor i hate the doctor oh no the doctor dumb <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's like no don't use guns on this
0: robot.
1: On these robots that are shooting us.
0: They clearly Coaster have robots. like, no clearly sentience. established throughout sci-fi and video games as the one thing that you can just use as cannon fodder and still feel good about yourself in the morning.
2: Yeah. Right? Like obviously. And then that and clones apparently. Well, yeah. if Star Wars taught us anything. <laughs> but the- clones are people.
1: <laughs> They're at least sentient. These robots are programmed to, if something shoots at you, shoot back at
2: Uh, Yeah, like, they were just standing still doing nothing while waiting for orders. I'm not exactly sure these guys are acting of their own volition or anything. I'm pretty sure it's fine if you shoot them. Right. But she just loses her mind. I'm so glad he stood up to her and was like, no, I'm going to use this gun on these things because it's the only thing that makes sense to do
0: right now. I mean, you say that, except that within the context of the episode, she was right. Because she's like, oh, oh you was made only things right, worse, did you?
2: She was only right because the writers decided that she was going to be That's right. That's what I
0: mean, within the context of the episode. Yeah.
2: So I don't care about the context of the episode if the context <laughs> is wrong.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. It does kind of make
2: sense that their guns wouldn't work on them. But even still, like...
0: I don't think it was that the guns didn't work. I thought he... Or no, he shot them all. Yeah, he and shot they him just him recovered.
2: All. I really don't know what happened. But the fact that it didn't work is kind of stupid. And at the least, it was worth a shot because it was a better yeah. plan than anyone else had yet.
0: Okay, here's... Here's the problem I have with It's like, I don't think that the doctor was saying, don't go shoot those robots. I don't I know, think that was her moral problem.
2: I know she was like, oh, don't I'm use not, guns, but slippery on, slope, let bull me, crap. But
0: like Let me... <laughs> Let me <laughs> let me finish because I'm not arguing against you. I'm, I'm really not. I think that, it w- yes, it was guns are bad. Right. Uh, so don't use guns. These guns are bad. Guns are
2: bad, but exploding a bunch of far more sentient strips of cloth is perfectly fine. It's not guns. <laughs> it's not guns. It's, it's just a flaming <laughs> ball of fire. So
0: we had a conversation last week about... Whether or not the guy on the crane had the right to kick Tim Shaw off the off the crane, um, and all of that, and this week I feel like we're having the same debate and discussion again. What but about now robots? the question is: is it, are guns wrong? Like inherently, because I feel like that's where we came down on this. Yeah. Last week it was only idiots use knives, or was that this week too? Yeah. No, no, that no, was no, last that week. That was last week. Only idiots use knives or carry knives. Sorry, only idiots carry knives. And then this week, it's guns are bad. You know what's better than gunning down a robot? Using an EMP. Yeah. And then you know what's better than using a gun on a robot? Exploding gas on something that is a living creature, not a robot. It It talked It talked. Yeah. So it it seems like if you take the last two episodes and a little bit of in light of what we know of the Doctor, it seems that the morality being portrayed is... Guns are bad and a slippery slope. Knives are for idiots. You should do the moral and ethical thing and blow Blow your idiots up up with their own traps. Yeah. Yeah. Not just guns
2: are bad, though. Like, guns are bad universally, no matter the circumstances.
0: Right. Is that a gun? Except for that one time that he pointed a gun at the master and at the... And,
2: and all the other times he's oh, used yeah, guns. Oh yeah, there's that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's that too. But it's like he hates. It's almost like it's almost like in this episode in particular, knives. Last week, knives are for idiots. This week, guns are for people who aren't creative and clever enough. Yeah. Because what did she say? Be clever, outsmart them, outthink them. Uh, Graham even said you can't outsmart bullets, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just I don't.
2: Can't smart robots either, but you know, I mean that, okay.
0: But yeah, (laughs) but I I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that idea of like guns are inherently bad. And it's, it's like, there's this, it's like, there's this undercurrent and it's not just, uh, 13 either. 12, because what I was going to say is guns are bad. Knives are for idiots. Soldiers are all morons and, and tools of the state. According to 12. Right. And according to 11, don't salute me. And, you know, like all of these kinds of things, it's this it's just weird. It's this weird. UK listeners, help me out. Is there something that as Americans we're not connecting with? Well, like now? I know Ser- guns like, like, are illegal there.
2: They're not allowed uh, to have guns.
0: Are they illegal? They are. I know in Australia they are. They're like, I
2: think they're illegal to have unless in certain I know their police scenarios. don't
0: carry them most of the time.
2: Yeah, so I feel like maybe the They're writers are just
1: trying to teach kids because it's a kids' show. Supposedly, <laughs> yes. Kids come
0: back show. to it being a kids' show. I just i don't i don't understand I the think idea. That's the of the only reason. Guns are a slippery slope. You know what's better? You know what's more humane slash moral slash ethical slash Trekking whatever. Them into their own good, and just them just up. capital G good is yes. Uh, let's let's dig a hole so that we can get down below the gas line and explode the acetylene which by the way is used for like torch welding and crap. I mean this is like severe stuff. Let's use that to burn these things alive to yeah. death presumably. Um that's fine because that's a lot better. because it's clever. And I feel like that's where that's where the morality really is. It's not immoral to kill someone. She just it's immoral to, to do it dying. in a dull fashion. Which Guns are boring and predictable. Do let's, something like explode the atmosphere.
2: That's let's, cool. Let's take this to the extreme. Oh, please, let's do it. Shoot them in the head with a gun. That's immoral because it's not clever. Trick them into,
0: Shooting like, themselves gas. with a the gun.
2: Trick them into gassing themselves. Right. <laughs> That's
0: moral here's, because it's clever. Here's what I want to know. Would, how would the doctor feel about doing something to the gun so that when... The sniper bots pulled the trigger. It exploded in their hands and blew their heads off. They've done because that that's before. clever, have they? I think the doctor has. They've done They've literally done like that, that this exact thing that you just explained. Really? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like, I just don't get it. Okay. All right. Let's. All right. Let's. Let's take a step back. Let's. Let's be honest and give the benefit of the doubt. Are we? Excuse me. Is the doctor? taking a moral stance or just saying it's better? Is she saying it's morally wrong to use guns? Or like I was jokingly saying, is it just, we're interpreting it that way, but really what she's saying is guns are boring and predictable.
2: I think in the past it really has been, it is immoral to use guns despite all the various times that the doctor
0: uses a gun.
2: (laughs) I think the idea was it is immoral, and if they're changing it now to be oh, it's not immoral, it's not clever actually, then that's kind of dumb.
0: But doesn't that isn't that kind of what it feels like? Kind of, yeah. I can't. T- I really can't tell. And again, again, this is you know, this is a, a a guy living in Texas, uh, you know, trying to trying to to look at this. So. Is, is there something that my cultural lenses are not allowing me to – it's just filtering yeah. out and not allowing me to see because uh, guns are, are just viewed differently in the United States. I still feel like people in
2: the UK would not say it's better to be exploded than <laughs> to be shot.
0: Again, I don't I don't know. I, to be so entirely evaporated. We would, we would love to hear from uh, from our, our listeners, especially those outside the US that can maybe um, – Help, help lift our rose-tinted glasses or something. I don't know. So, at any rate, um, the other baddie of the week—holy crap! <laughs> That's where we were on the checklist. Was uh, the remnants that we just talked about? They were basically sentient uh, strips of cloth. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I did love um, Sean Dooley's portrayal of being choked out by a sentient strip of cloth, like. How many hours did that guy have to spend with a cloth wrapped around his own face pretending it was choking him to death? Like, that had to be grueling. Um, but this was an interesting idea. I didn't quite ever get, like, okay, we got the, it is a weapon run amuck. We got that trope. Yeah. But why was it strips of cloth? Did, was there anything It was about just,
1: that? everything is now a weapon.
0: It was supposed. It I wasn't think, everything. But it was because they it had was like just two weapons.
1: Things. They said that they were making everything into weapons now, but. Including they your own clothes. didn't show anything else right. being weaponized. Yes.
0: And for that matter, why is it that they can like apparently read the doctor's mind and, and stuff like that? Weird. And, like, that, you know. that was weird. That was just weird. What and are any, these things? Anything that talks without a mouth. Just always weirds me out. Just so. yeah, just, just yeah, a absolutely. Dad. Uh, jiggery pokery. The uh, the old TARDIS had some slight changes to the exterior. Hey, by the way, we found the TARDIS. <laughs> yep. uh, so we went like we went from the end of an episode to through an entire episode to the end of the next episode. So that's basically like two full episodes with you know Sans TARDIS. Like we almost went in yeah. two entire episodes without it. It just showed up at the end. I kind of liked it. The, but yeah. what I mean is, I kind of liked the fact that we didn't have the TARDIS trip. You mentioned this last week.
3: Yeah. That
0: it, it cut the Doctor off, which we always kind of do that, but it was like really cut off. Like the TARDIS is not even not on Earth.
1: Even
0: there. Uh, forget about like units holding it or it's, you know, downriver. The Vikings won't take you back have to or whatever. any
1: idea where
0: it is. Yeah, she didn't even know if it was because it was exploding the last time she saw it. So hopefully it still exists. Um, I did like that um, that we didn't immediately materialize on the planet and like the are, are in space, and then the pilots pick them up and crash land, and then oh, there's the TARDIS. Like I was glad for that yeah. that it didn't happen that way. Um, but we did have some slight changes to the exterior. We had a bit more of a teal blue kind of thing going on. It was a little bit darker, dingier than the the bright, vibrant blue we've had since eleven's TARDIS. The sign has gone from black on white to white on black. Which actually goes back to Classic Who. That was, uh, that was a design feature back then. Mm-hmm. And then the St. John's ambulance logo is once again gone. If you guys remember, we talked about it coming back yeah. for 11. Because it had been gone for decades or whatever. And uh, it's gone again. So, One thing I noticed, um, I was doing some tweaks to the logo. So I needed sort of a, a reference point. And I noticed that the lock went from being under the handle to being above the handle.
1: That's what? interesting. Yeah.
0: the Where the lock is, the little deadbolt lock, it's was below the handle. Now it's above the handle. And the handle for the telephone has switched from the right side to the left side. So now instead of it opening the same way, like opening from the center of the TARDIS, it opens from the outer edge towards the center, which is kind of, kind of interesting. I say that, and now I, I don't have any clue if we ever see that thing open during... Uh, Whitaker's tenure. I don't. I don't recall if that has ever happened. Uh, big old changes to the interior, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Mm. We talked about how going from eleven to twelve. We weren't sure if there were any changes. Um, if they were, they were small. But uh, because eleven got to have two interiors, what the? How dare he? Yeah. Um, but uh, man, we had a massive, massive change. I would. I would argue the biggest change since nine. You know, since like. The reboot God. started and you went because it was all very sterile sci-fi future yeah. you know in classic who ex- with the exception of the fourth doctors like <laughs> wood panelled tardis um well no I guess I guess eights tardis was fairly you know it had a gothic yeah 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 exactly yeah. Uh, so at any rate, um, this one is way less you know angular and everything and very crystalline so really the first don't thing like is that. huh?
1: I really don't like that. Oh, really? That it's all crystally. It just... It feels like they're intentionally trying to change it, like, a lot. Like as, they're, as much they're, as oh, I think it they're, they're trying to make it different, and it just doesn't work with what we've seen with the Doctor before.
0: If you went from 910's TARDIS to this TARDIS, would that be...
1: Yeah, I mean a little. I don't bit.
0: think that would be as big of a jump. Yeah. Because that one was much more organic. It was designed that way. It was. It was. Yeah. When they made that one, they wanted it to look grown, not made. And I feel like this is similar.
1: Yeah, it's it's just so over the top. Okay. It just seemed like way out of the ordinary, and I didn't I didn't like that about it. I mean,
0: it is again, it is a big, 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 big change. And going from nine tens uh, interior to 11's interior was more like a return to classic who a return yeah. to normal, so to speak. This was whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, I personally, I love it. I, I love it. Uh, the round things are back, kind of, sorta. Uh, mm. It's like over. Yeah, it's it's like three layers deep of overlaps of the of the roundels, so that no. Yeah individual roundel is round all the way through (laughs) it's like (laughs) overlapping i thought that was really cool um one big difference and i so we talked about in classic who we actually talked about this with twice upon a time i don't know if we mentioned it on the show but we talked about it while we were watching it that the doors the um and we've we have mentioned this before but not in in the context of twice upon a time that the first doctor's doors when you're inside the tardis look different like, you don't have the police box doors, right? Mm-hmm. The doors match the interior of the TARDIS, even on the outside. Like, so when the doors swing in, they still look like the interior, even yeah. though they should look like the police box doors. And we talked about how in New Who, they, it, like, when you're standing in the interior looking at the door, you see the inside, you know, the the reverse of those police box doors, the blue wooden doors. Now we've gone one step further and the way I explained it is it's like the the dimensional shift, right? If 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 it's a portal to a pocket dimension or something going through the door, that portal has moved from the front doors to the back wall. Yeah. Because you actually have three walls of the police box visible when you're inside the Which TARDIS. I think
1: is really cool. I I, I
0: did love like that. that. I didn't notice that for a while when I was watching this the first go round. I don't remember how many episodes in I got, but all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. Wait. You can see yeah. th- all three walls. Uh, so it's like, it's like they blew out the back wall instead of the doors. So um, I think that's a, a really cool thing. Uh, the Time Rotor, which is the official name of the Uppy Downy thingy, um, this is the first time since before 8 where it didn't reach all the way to the top. All the other ones in New Who, the Time Rotor was a cylinder that reached up to the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And this time it is um, also, this is the first time it was anything but a transparent cylinder, right? There have been different things inside the cylinder. There have been different things on the console around the cylinder. But there's always been a cylinder you can see into. And this is the first time it's not. You can't see into it and it's not a cylinder. It's a crystal. It's Mm. a giant crystalline structure. So uh, again, I thought that was cool. I mentioned... Uh, th- here's where I mentioned it. If green was the color of 11 and blue was the color of 12, then yellow is definitely the color of 13. Yellow and purple. There's some purple... Oh. It's like the secondary color. Uh, purple blue type of stuff. Um, one more thing about the uh, change of the TARDIS. Uh, something tr- that you said, Trip, made me think about this. The sort of like finger things that surround the console that's like... Normally you have like a railing going around it and then it's kind of like out to the outer walls. Mm-hmm. This thing had these like, they're not arches because there's like a bend in them. Do Y'all know what I'm talking about?
1: No, yeah. I don't remember
0: this. There's these columns, there's these columns all the way around the console, like several feet back from the console that sort of go up and then turn almost at right angles. Upwards. Oh
1: yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, I thought those were really cool cause they kind of like really pull the attention to the, uh, the console. Uh, Corbin, was this your note? Yeah, so,
2: at the start of the episode, they teleport into the middle of space instead of onto the TARDIS. Whoops. So
0: Or next to it, or whatever.
2: Yeah, whatever they were going for. So, what they said happened is that the planet wasn't where they were expecting it to be. Because so it had they, fallen out of orbit. Yeah, so they ended up in the middle of space. But for that to be true, then they weren't tracking the TARDIS, they were tracking what planet it was on. And they weren't tracking where the planet was. They were tracking where it should be. Right. And then so, they end up in the middle So of when
0: the pilots come out of whatever hyperspace or whatever they were in. And they come out expecting to see the planet right in front of them. And it's not. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. They were given coordinates where the planet should be. Mm-hmm. Based off of orbit and and all that kind of stuff. And they get there and whoops. It ain't there. And who knows, maybe that was a trick on the part of the guy that was running the race. Or like, let's throw this curveball. We're going to send him to a planet that should be at this point in its orbit, but it has fallen out of orbit. and They won't know until they get there. But like you said, Corbin, the doctor should have been, she was locking onto the TARDIS. Yeah. So wherever the TARDIS is, she should have landed next to the TARDIS. Yeah. But essentially, it's Unless like... it
1: got knocked out of orbit.
0: Because... While she was transporting...
1: That's what knocked it
0: out of her. Oh, dun, dun dun Um It seems more like she did a Google search for where is my TARDIS. Yeah. And the yeah. search result was it's on desolation. Mm-hmm. And so she said, oh, okay, let me beep boop bop boop bop boop, in, input desolation into my yeah. homemade teleportation device, and it will send me to where teleportation, I'm sorry, where, where desolation, desolation is supposed to be. Where it's and supposed then, to be, not where it actually is right and so, that would make sense that would right make like sense. your your, your right, google she didn't explain it your halfway. galactic google maps hasn't updated yet yeah so, you know but th- that's not how any of that works she was tracking yeah. it so she should tracking have landed right next to it I agree.
2: and you know that seems like a small detail but literally the entire plot of this episode is, is avoided it. if that didn't go wrong <laughs> of, course, of course so like
0: if she just landed next to it yeah then, yeah there's no episode
2: to be had well except for the fact that it would have been like missing for a day or something because it was
0: that's true, phasing in and out. She would have just been standing around going, I'm not sure why it's not here, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, let's see. The Sonic, she definitely has a way of using the Sonic, doesn't she? Have y'all noticed it? The big arm swoosh, <laughs> yes, the arm swoosh. I like it. The facial scrunch, uh, scrunch and the arm swoosh. I like it. Um, it's funny because the first couple times you see her doing it, it's like, okay, but. I, and I don't think it's because we're pointing it out. I think you would have noticed it anyway. Actually y'all did. Mm. Y'all said it during the episode. Y'all were like, she has a, she has a, a, a way of using yeah. that thing, doesn't she? Yeah. She, and by she, I mean Whitaker herself is very consistent about this. She takes that sideways stance, puts the, the, the Sonic above her head and arcs it down to point at whatever she's pointing at. She does this almost every single time mm. I've ever seen her using the Sonic, and if it's at all dramatic, if it's, let me point it at this thing as a scanner, not so much. But if she's trying to unlock something or activate something or deactivate something, she is going to do the, uh ooh, how about the Sonic swoosh? <laughs> sonic swoosh. <laughs> a new like dance a move. Dance move, yeah. We're, we're going to put that in there. The Sonic swoosh. The hottest new craze (laughs) sweeping the nation. Uh, Let's see. Random. uh, To get around the translation matrix being missing, they had the Metapods install universal translators. Did y'all like that? That was convenient. I feel like that wasn't
2: necessary because they're so inconsistent with the translation matrix anyways
0: that like... I want you to imagine this episode airing three years ago and they didn't do that. And now I want you to imagine... All of the forums the in the world, range. all of the Facebook groups on the planet, exploding with people going, "Well, the, the, the translation matrix had never interacted with the new companions, so they shouldn't be able to understand them in English." So, are we just supposed to think that everybody speaks English? Like, it I mean, would like, have been a just a firestorm on Twitter. I can imagine
2: as much as I like, like to nitpick movies and whatnot. I feel like it kind of doesn't matter to the writers though like they shouldn't actually there, really care about been... most of my nitpicks because they're not that important
1: i mean well are you complaining what? that they covered this? This. <laughs> you're like i'm so mad that uh, they did this right
0: the news in the whovian would like to inform all creators everywhere that it doesn't matter what you do or how well-intentioned <laughs> you are you will always be wrong. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: that's just the case. So, like, <laughs> um,
0: no, I thought it was great because it it would have been about five more minutes before we went. Wait a minute! Hang on a second. Especially when they the whole uh, Moomin be- Moomin beans, <laughs> yeah, Moomin <laughs> that whole scene immediately, immediately, everybody's radar would have gone off. Like, wait a minute, they're not speaking English then? Hang on, because they're not even Moomin beans. So anyways, uh, jibberty jabberty, uh, one crin is equal to 200 Kavlons, which is 94 Velars or 4,000 Trinites, uh, in the old currency. Mm, had, nice. had to clarify so, that. Yeah.
2: Convenient conversion. So you get
0: 4.2 trillion Kryn or whatever. So yeah. that would be, uh, eight, a lot points, just four trillion. No. Quadrillion Kavlons. <laughs> hang on, let me just go up. I'm like gonna go do all two of these powers of right? ten. <laughs> um, anyways, um, oh, new new um thing on the checklist that should have been here all along. Yes. The doctor drops names. Drops yeah. names. Yeah. Um her sunglasses that she pulled out of her pocket either belong to Audrey Hepburn or Pythagoras. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Uh yeah. so, okay oh, so for, let me
0: just finish the note and then I just just thought of something. Uh Graham says Pythagoras never wore sunglasses to which the doctor says you obviously never saw him with a hangover. I just realized something. There wow. was a moment in this episode where the doctor says, "Oh no, I didn't put anything in these pockets." Right? The clothing she is wearing right now, she got from a thrift store yeah. in the UK. Mm-hmm. why does it contain sunglasses that she got from pythagoras or Catherine hepburn oh yeah audrey I was, Hepburn. i was thinking the same thing. she Long intentionally
1: hepburn, so. bought the exact pair that she wore before that she donated to the thrift store that she could come back to at any moment <laughs> i like that obviously
3: but
0: why i like Wait, your wibbly wobbly but answer but then it doesn't have but she's been without the tardis and she's head. had empty pockets this whole time she didn't even have her sonic let alone a random pair of sunglasses. So the only way this works, the only way this works is if, no, I just solved it. I just figured it out. She was still wearing 12's uh, outfit, which has dimensional pockets, right? Bigger on the inside, Time Lord pockets.
1: So that still so has she all of
0: stuff. In. Yeah. So when she said empty pockets, she didn't mean that literally. She just meant she didn't have her Sonic and she didn't have anything helpful to the occasion. But apparently she did have oh. some crap and of all the crap that is inside of those pockets, she decided to grab the, the sunglasses the and put them in her new pockets, which are presumably not infinitely deep inside because they're not Time Lord pockets. They're thrift store pockets. Yeah. Did you have something, Corbin? No. Okay. Um. Let's see. Other stuff we noticed. Uh, oh, yeah. Never even heard of Moomin beans. Moomin beans. Moomin, <laughs> Moomin beans. beans. I, I can't even say it right. I loved that um you know graham's like hey a little solidarity we're, we're all human beings here and he's like i'm alberian and she's uh Slovakian. i don't know that was that was, that was, that was <laughs> <Suvlakian>. uh, <laughs> from the planet slovakia uh, <laughs> wait wait hold on <laughs> wait <laughs> obviously <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're known for their tasty treats. Uh, never even heard of Moomin Beans is one of my favorite new lines. That, that's great. All right. So who's who? Who is Ryan Sinclair? Uh, he says, never ignore the wisdom of Graham. By the way, I love the way uh, all, all of the everybody's on this show pronounces his name. We wow. would say that name here in America, Graham. Mm-hmm. And they say, they mispronounce the H. Have you all noticed that? No. There's a, there's a, no? For us, Graham is a one-syllable word. Yeah, Graham. For them, it is one and a half syllables, or maybe two. It's it's like Graham. Graham? Graham. 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 It's like the H is pronounced like a soft, soft Y in the back (laughs) of your throat. Graham. Graham. Um, He refuses to call... Huh? I said it's like crayon. It is. It's the same sound. (laughs) It is. Graham. Yeah. (laughs) So from now on, I'm going to say... I'm going to always say Graham, just like I always say Craig. Craig. So... Later on, okay. when you're looking for a snack trip, I'm gonna be like, grab some Graham crackers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that.
0: <laughs> you know that I must now.
1: <laughs> that that'd be
0: terrible. Um, he also <laughs> refuses to call Graham Granddad. So um, still. we had a little bit of a uh, little bit of heart heart moments. Um, for who is who is Graham O'Brien? He and Ryan um had kind of a little heart to heart moment, sort of. That Ryan then was like, You talk too much about this yeah. stuff. And Graham says, You don't talk about it enough. I just realized Graham and Ryan, Graham, Ryan, they both have the Ram. crayon. Graham and Ryan used a crayon. Anyways. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Who is Yaz? Um, I love the line, Sorry, Yaz, forgot you were there. <laughs> she's just like, They're crashing into the planet, and she's like, the doctor's got more important things to do oh right yes sorry forgot you were there uh, that
2: actually sums already up forgot the your role face episode
0: so like kind of does yeah yeah i mean if you consider like these are brand new companions and she didn't intend for them to be with her at all Yeah, and only one of them presumably is at this point you know or <laughs> apparently is uh so who is the doctor um <laughs> yeah says am i gonna die she says yes eventually it comes to us all but not right now <laughs> I love when the doctor answers your question <laughs> in the longest term possible. Yeah. 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 Are you going to die? Am I going to die? Well, I mean, yeah. But at some point. Hopefully not right now. I mean, yeah. But... Um, unless you are uh, Captain Jack or me or Clara or presumably all of humanity because they're all now part of the testimony. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, She's good at old school, she says. I think. <laughs> well, she's still kind of in the formative stages that, I think. she was a hologram once for three weeks
1: <laughs> what what didn't you say something after that like I got a lot of gossip yeah oh the
0: gossip I heard yeah yeah that was great uh, she is a grandmaster pacifist in Venusian Aikido so we've, we've talked about uh-huh. Venusian Aikido before and the wakia made it sound like she learned that, pi- that pinky in the throat move that she learned it from the grand master pacifist. But I took it that she said she had studied Venusian Aikido, grand master pacifist. In other words, like That's if you said, if, if, if you did some move and somebody looked at you like, where'd you learn that? And oh, you I'm said black karate, black belt. That doesn't yeah. mean you learned it from the black belt. It means you are a black belt, right? Yeah, That's what I took it to mean. She's a great, and I love the idea that there is a martial art that's top level is pacifist. pacifist. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Uh, Corbin, what, what do you got here?
2: Oh, uh, the Doctor is so apologetic now. Like, these past two episodes, it's been kind of crazy. Because I feel like before, she's never been like super, I'm sorry to the people that end up caught up in her crazy adventures. But... In these Have two episodes, I really feel like the doctor... I mean,
0: we literally were tracking at one point how many times the doctor said, I'm sorry, I'm so, so sorry.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that.
0: That was like on the checklist.
2: Especially, maybe not earlier, but with 12, it was not so much. I feel I think
1: like... that was just 12.
2: Maybe it was just it's 12.
0: Because 12 was a cranky old man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's still it's still more than it ever was because she said sorry, what like twice in this episode? And she said sorry
0: last episode. Okay, Tripp, scroll scroll up in the notes and add on to the checklist uh, the doctor apologizes. And the reason that I that I say let's put it on the checklist so that we think about it and track it is because I am now curious, um, if okay. Is she apologizing more than previous incarnations and if so, why is that and part of what I'm dancing around here because I'm I'm kind of speaking out of a little bit of ignorance is that I you know I, I, I hear very often that women in the workplace tend to apologize more often because they they feel they have to and I'm wondering if this Chibnall wrote all of these. Yeah. Did he intentionally do this as a character trait of the doctor of the 13th doctor? If so, why, or is it unconsciously he is doing this because it's a female character? And now I'm, now I'm curious because you brought it up, Corman, because I hadn't thought about it, but when you brought it up, you were like, she is way more apologetic than she's ever been before. And I was like, huh, I don't know. So I, I'm curious, was this a conscious decision was this just sort of happening? I don't know. So throw it on the checklist. We'll we'll uh, check it out. And again, uh, listeners, let us know what what what's your thoughts. Is thirteen more apologetic than the previous incarnations we've seen? And if so, what do you think is going on there? Why are y'all making eyes at each other
2: like? Because we've, we've been struggling to bad. make a bulleted list for
0: like thirty <laughs> seconds now.
1: <laughs> because we've both been doing the same thing at the same you time. You just
0: you just go into the checklist and hit enter and add a new bullet. Yeah, Trip couldn't figure was, out how to press the tab button, and
1: <laughs> I, I forgot how to do it for a second.
0: Formatting is hard. All right, uh, who is the doctor? Come to daddy, I mean mummy. I mean, by the way, this is again, this is one of those things about Whitaker's accent. I love because she's come to daddy, I mean mummy. The way she says her her like you sounds mummy, you know stuff like that. I just I love it. I don't know what it is. I don't. And again, I don't know. Uh, the the wakia mentioned something about the doctor, the 13th doctor having a northern accent. Um, I know the town she's from because I've, I've heard her talk about it in an interview because there's some funny stuff about it. Um, but I don't know where that is geographically. So I don't know. if So I I'm going to trust the wakia that this is a northern accent. But I, mm. you know, other than that, and remember, lots of places have a north. Uh, can we talk about the companions? Um, I mentioned this, uh, was it in the last episode, I guess, and I said leave this in the notes. We talked about the the loss of a companion and the doctor uh, going it alone. And mm-hmm. we talked about that at the – was it at the end of or, – or was it during Twice Upon a Time that we talked about that? Where the doctor is like feeling regret about Bill and doing the typical – you know, we just lost a companion tragically. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Where the doctor's like, "That's it. I'm never gonna have any more companions." And until I'm gonna until next episode, and right, right. And that was that was I was gonna have a beef with that here. That like, well, then thirteen shows up and like brr, picks up some new companions. Like they didn't even but give she her didn't mean to do that. And I, well, and then that's the thing is I was gonna say, oh wait a minute. Um, she actually tells them I made a big mistake, but I'm gonna fix it. And I'm gonna get you back all. Uh, get you all back home. And we haven't, uh, we haven't gotten there yet. But it's gonna. Okay, it's going to take us a while to get there. But it's going to become clear that the doctor had kind of no intention of getting new companions. She literally fell in their lap. <laughs> yeah, falling th- through the, the roof of that train. And it's going to take us a little bit. It's kind of like when Bill went on her first adventure. If you guys remember, we had between here in the office, you know, by the, before the yeah. kettle boils, they had two adventures in space and time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, where we're gonna we're gonna piggyback and ping around a little bit uh, before you have to deal with the idea of them traveling together. So I'm gonna say never mind about my point there because she didn't just snatch them up like mm-hmm. the doctor sometimes does, right? Like the doctor did with Amy. Like like Eleven did with Amy. That was definitely yeah. like, "Hey, you look cool. Let's go on an adventure." "Hey yeah. Rose, this is a time machine. Did I mention that? Let's go." You know, it we're not going to do that. It's it's going to be a little bit a little bit different of a journey. So she also said, "I promise I'll keep you alive and get you back home." So here we have again the doctor is definitely assuming responsibility for yeah. for their companions so
2: i think yeah. that may actually be why she's apologizing so much because ah normally the doctor is his goal is to have fun on adventures and whatnot but now for the first time it's more like i have to get these people home and it's not yeah. so much about just exploring and whatnot and clearly the longer That they're all out here kind of risking their lives. Yeah. The worst the doctor is going to feel about not being able to complete her mission, really. Yeah. I think, especially this line, I promise I'll keep you alive and get you back home. Like, this has become her goal for until she gets them home. And I think maybe that's why her, like, not really being able to complete this is why she's apologizing so much.
0: Could be. Good insight there. Guys, Noobs of the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what they do, what? If Mm -hmm. you find value in what they do, in in supporting what they do, then here's what you should do. What? Who knows? Give us some money. (laughs) 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 We've gone from value for value to just give us your money. Go click on Trip's million dollar donation button. No, seriously, guys, head over to noobsinthehouvee. slash support. Um, we would uh, love to have your support. Whether that's just a, a one off dollar in our PayPal account, because that would be hilarious, or if you want to make it monthly, just a dollar a month makes you a Fez patron. Five dollars a month makes you a bow tie patron because bow ties are still cool. Even though cool. Uh, this doctor's not wearing one currently, I was like two doctors what? ago. What did he say? What did he say? Anyways. Spoilers, Dad. <laughs> spoilers at some point maybe in the future the doctor might wear a piece of clothing what, what? Uh, at any rate yeah so um you'll get a shout out on the show as a, as an ongoing uh supporter of the show and you can you can give a one-time donation or you can check the box on paypal and make it monthly or you can go to patreon.com slash noobs in the but that's uh that's eh, not what we prefer you to do go to noobs slash support find your favorite way to support your favorite show or at least support ours Classic Who Connections, let's hear what Jared has to say. <laughs> Did I get you on that one, Trip?
3: <laughs> Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for the Ghost Monument. Okay, very few uh, Classic Who Connections here. The biggest one, in my opinion, uh, is that in the serial Enlightenment, the Fifth Doctor and his companions find themselves on an Edwardian yacht in space and they enter a space rally in order to, well, the yacht is already in a space rally, in order to win enlightenment. And uh, the enlightenment is the ability to know your true purpose, which is, uh, is a pretty cool concept. Um, I, I think if we could give that to everyone when they're, what, like 12 or something, uh, that would be huge. But uh uh, anyway, uh, you know, that would help them along in, in their journey. But anyway, so uh, they were in a space rally before is, is basically the connection there. Uh, and so that was that was a fun, fun Fifth Doctor uh, serial. And we see the doctor using Venusian Aikido again, which, of course, classic who is a Venusian karate because everything, all martial arts were just karate then. Right. But anyway, Venusian Akito, and we see the TARDIS dispensing food. Naturally, of course, it's a custard-based food in Nuu, but uh, we see it dispensing food just like the uh, food machine. I don't know if you can call it that the TARDIS is doing it or if it was just the food machine in the Daleks, but anyway, in the Daleks, they get that little cube dispensed, and of course, it tastes amazing and, you know, really like it. So so that's it. Really quick one this time. I, I again, uh, just like last week, I, th- I had fun. Uh, I mean, a space rally, how could that not be fun, right? Um, but had fun with this one. Uh, it was, um, yeah. Uh, so, still, again, still getting to know a new doctor, getting to know their companions. Get, and I mean, they, since they restarted, reset everything, getting to know a lot here. Um, and uh, so, I, I enjoyed it, uh, giving it 7.5 out of 10 space rallies. So, so clever there, but that's, you know, that's kind of what I liked about it. And then, uh, uh, just going to give it more of a generic 50 creep levels, uh, cause I don't remember anything that, uh, really creeped me out that much. So thanks to the TARDIS wiki and thanks to noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections next time.
0: All right. So, um couple of a couple of connections there, but Jared overall gave it seven point five out of ten space rallies, one for each of the galaxies uh Corbett, what did you think
2: uh, I, I thought it was pretty good, and it was not the best it was yeah i don't know i not just it really. was kind of bored for really most of it, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, they did spend a lot of time just like riding on a boat and whatnot <laughs> so. You know, I thrilling think... content. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, s- um, 7 out of 10 sentient.
0: Strips of cloth? Yeah. Gosh, I can't <laughs> remember anything right now. Um, I I thought this was fun. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, you know, last last week I really liked a lot. Um, this one, probably not as high. Um, especially, I, I think I gave it a 10 last week, didn't I? I think I did. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Um, so this one, this one was good. This one was not, um, you know, as as just like over the top amazing. Um, but I did have a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a fun little romp. There was some uh, some good stuff, some stuff to stop and make you think. There was also some amazing shots. Right, special effects were yeah. pretty good. But I, I mentioned that there's a like a. Uh, an orbital shot of a spaceship that looks like it's out of star Wars. So I don't know if you guys caught that when they were um, nice. disembarking. Uh, it wasn't episode ship cause he crashed. It was, um, Angstrom's ship. Um, that sucker looked so amazing. Like it just, it, it looked like it was sitting there, you know? Um, so I can't yeah. imagine that they built a model. I'm sure that that had to be CGI, but
2: yeah. At any rate.
0: Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I think I'll go, um, seven out of 10 clicking cigars. Oh, that was weird. That was dumb. That, how many times have you clicked and not okay. meant to yeah. light the cigar, and then and now have, it's lit? Like, how does that work? That was to
2: totally a plot device for the it rid- was completely the ridiculous method of killing those cloth strips that they had. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Um, I kind of like this one. I think it was funny when he ran out, and he's like, I've been training for this my whole life. Oh,
0: that was it? And and Call then they, of they, like, Duty. I've been training for this. this.
1: That was great. And I love how it horribly failed, even though it shouldn't have. But also there was that one scene where like all the dudes are just like honestly staring over the pit. I'm like, what Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was. That terrifying. was just funny. They they looked on the Which view pit? screen. And they were
2: looking at the security footage.
1: Yeah, and they and they were like down oh, in the hole and yeah, they didn't yeah, close yeah. the lid. So like the dudes were just like yeah. staring. That was kind of funny, not kind to and then the dude, like, choking to death on that cloth.
2: Was that super hilarious? <laughs> that
1: was just dumb. <laughs> but there there are a lot of little funny moments that yeah. make this so into a good... Some of
0: them unintentionally funny.
1: Yeah, that makes this into a, a good episode, I think. I, th- I think it was pretty good. I mean... Not above average necessarily, but I think I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 crap ships. That, crap ships? Well, the, the ship was like falling apart and like as
0: it was flinging itself the into The one that orbit. he was like, it's the envy of millions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, they're going to be writing operas about our pointless uh. deaths. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, what about the creep level? Jared gave it 50 out of 500. Pretty low.
2: Mm, it wasn't anything particularly creepy.
0: I don't know the remnants were pretty creepy I thought.
2: They were weird. I don't know. I think I think only about 50 as well because it just okay. wasn't anything. I don't even think anything meant to be creepy necessarily. Maybe the remnants. No, I think
0: they were definitely trying to be creepy with the with the, the remnants well, you just then they you failed. You just weren't affected by it. So I I'm going to give it 100 out of 500 creep levels. Worst uh (laughs) well again i'm always thinking about this in terms of family friendly and little kids and that kind of thing i'm pretty
2: sure brayden watches all the episodes with us now and he would give it lower ratings
0: uh he didn't watch this one he was already in bed for this one so he didn't uh that's what i need to start doing i need to start having him sit down and watch the episodes and then say okay brayden on a scale of one to a hundred one to five hundred what would you give this (laughs) one to a hundred for creep levels. I
2: think dad is just trying to come up with excuses for why he has such higher ratings than us because it actually <laughs> terrifies. I'm
0: genuinely him. not because it like they didn't bother me, but I could see how it would bother a little kid. The, the Sleveen, I will completely own up to that. Creeped me the crap out <laughs> why because it
1: looks like your face because it's a little smooth baby face. <laughs> what
0: <laughs> if I shaved right now and stuck my neck out, I probably would look rather Sleveenish. <laughs> F- Flawnish, <laughs> a blonish. I mean, flawn. Flawn. What was okay, their what name? Was there,
2: what? A hundred bucks if anyone remembers their full name. Blonde,
0: Blonde flawn. Flawn.
1: uh Passameer. Pass Pass Passameer Day
0: Slivine.
2: You did. Blonde Felphatch. Not like I didn't pay anyone. Blonde Felphatch
0: Passameer Slivine. Day Slivine.
2: We're gonna have to fact check this anyways because I don't know either. But all right then. So, you, listeners, you 100
0: bucks on the
1: line, apparently.
2: All right. No, so, they can look. They
0: can cheat. Uh, so. Did everybody give their uh, their creep level then?
1: Oh, um, mine's 40. Okay. Nogets are oh, all wimps. You're a tough guy. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> theories, will they or won't they? Uh, mm.
1: No, they
0: won't.
2: Weren't we joking in the episode we were getting even more of that?
0: Yeah, there was one scene where uh, I forget why. They, they just looked at each I other, she, I think. I forget what Yaz was saying, but she definitely made eyes... And it was completely not in out the of, moment. It didn't me. make any sense. And she was the only face on screen. They which, were, by the way, it really bothered Corbin how close the camera was in, in the opening shots of this episode. I can't stand that style yeah, of that shooting. that was Where you got exposition horrible. going on and you, their face like takes you up can't the even, whole screen. You can't even see the top of their head or their chin. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're,
1: yeah if they're Ooh. talking, you, you don't even know. Because, like off. Yeah.
0: Um, during that scene, Yaz kind of made some eyes. And as soon as that happened, I immediately looked at Trip because I was like, "Here it comes!" And Trip looked at me and was like, "Eh, eh." So, so Trip, last week you said it'll be teased out the whole series, but not resolved, and now you're saying no, they won't. Um,
1: no, I, I was saying I was like going to change it. I think they probably oh. will.
0: Okay, all right. So, uh, Tri- Trip says yes, they will. But Corbin said, "Oh, go it's ahead."
1: It's going to like be teased out a little bit more, like maybe two or three more episodes.
0: So like most of the season,
2: I guess we should mention we're talking about
0: Yaz and uh, Ryan. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're talking about Yaz and Ryan because they're the, the trip was, was picking up some vibes that he felt Yaz was giving out. So uh, Corbin last week said, I hope not, but probably (laughs) any changes. And no, I am
2: sticking with that.
0: All right. Uh, So that brings us down to the game plan next week. We're covering season 11, episode three, entitled Rosa. This is uh, something that we're going to get a lot more in Chibnall's era of the historical episodes. And this is the the historical episodes, not just meaning they went back in time, but like they went back and they met Einstein or, you know, like the doctor calls the fire in Rome. Those kind of historical Vesuvius, you know, the fires upon pay, mm-hmm. that type of historical where it's not just period piece. It is a historical event or person covering Rosa Parks. So this is going to be uh, an interesting episode, and um, uh, after that, well, we're, we're still just moving forward because until we get an official announcement, we are foregoing any timey-wimeys, foregoing any classic Who's. The master plan is on pause, unfortunately. I promise we'll we'll definitely get back to the master plan, yeah. probably the timey-wimeys as well. Um, we may just have, after Series 13, we may just have a bunch of special <laughs> episodes, so um, at any rate, guys, Noobs in the whobian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is Thing One.
1: And I'm Trip.
0: Yeah, How many times are you going to make that sound? Your production editor is the other one. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to Tardis.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout outs as always, to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsintheHoovian.com, where you can find links to our social media, our email, a big fat subscribe button, links to our support and all of those wonderful things. Wherever you found us, make sure that you leave us a rating. Share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie News my Sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, guys. But always be amazing. Goodbye. <clears throat> be whippy.